This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I am with this year's recipient of our award for a lifetime achievement in highway safety for Motor Vehicle Division, Larry Bovin from the Maine Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Larry, welcome to your first appearance on the Amphicast. Ian, it is such a pleasure to be here and to be with you, and I have to offer congratulations to you on your new role oh, thank with you. Amphicast. Thank you very, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's exciting, and uh, we've known each other for a number of years, so it's been great to, you know, be a part of this community and to, you know, see your contributions, and now to see your contributions recognized in in this manner. Uh, were you surprised when you heard you had been selected? I was stunned when I got a call from Ann Farrow. Yeah. Um, I guess that's something I have to put on my to-do list now. Is I'm supposed <laughs> to, I guess each year I got to call the uh, award winners. It was. Uh, Obviously humbling, I'm deeply honored, and um, I've had a wonderful life. Yeah. And uh, this has really uh, brought to fruition, obviously, a lot of years of work. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so deeply grateful. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a lifetime achievement award, right? Which is, you know, kind of a funny phrase sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But your entire lifetime wasn't in the Bureau of, of Motor Vehicles. However, I'm curious, has it always been in Maine? It, uh, as far as my motor vehicle work, yes. No, but I mean my, life. I'm talking about life. In life, uh, are, you a Maine, back, are you a Maine native? I am a Maine native, central Maine. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, was born and raised in central Maine. I went to... Uh, college in Boston. Hmm. Um, at the time, there was a lot of interest in broadcast technical schools, hmm. and uh, it was something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually an introvert. However, <laughs> when it comes to actually behind the microphone, uh, yeah. it just feels at home. Okay. So that was, so say more about that. That was something, that was the early part of your career. It was. And out of that experience, I was able to get uh, some experience in and around the Boston uh, radio market. Okay. Uh, That progressed to uh, actually becoming a news director in uh, Connecticut. Oh, all right. Because were you doing news behind the microphone? I was doing news initially behind the Mm -hmm. microphone. Okay. And... uh, you know, had the opportunity, obviously, to reach out to a lot of folks. Yeah. Uh, I was always fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've enjoyed writing. And it's a different style of writing for broadcast sure. journalism, right? Than, say, doing like an essay or a, Absolutely. Or a journalism article that's going to be read. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a fine art to that. And then delivering the product, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so I did that... Uh, I did that for a few years in Connecticut. Then uh, getting married sometimes changes things in life. (laughs) (laughs) That's not breaking news. (laughs) So uh, my wife, who's actually from a family that was a military family and lived all over the world, uh, we decided that a return to Maine would be good for our young family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, we've never looked back. It's uh, it's been wonderful. 
Um, it, it transitioned from going back to Maine to do uh, from broadcast work mm-hmm. to literally out of the blue um, getting a call from the Maine Bureau of Motor Vehicles about a vacancy for driver license examinations in our Portland office. So how does a call like that come out of the blue to someone doing news in the... In the well, what, what year is this? This is 19... Uh, 1988. Okay. It's 1988. Uh, At the time, the process to try to get a state job involved a a formal written testing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got a score back, and you were put onto a register. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had actually taken that test in uh, 1986. Mm -hmm. So this was two years Okay, so you were on the list. I was on this list. But you didn't know where the list went. Who was looking at this list? (laughs) And... Uh, literally, uh, at about this time of the year, in 1988, mm-hmm. I was called, and I said, you know, why not? Let's mm-hmm. let's go for this interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of an ironic thing, I've never had a uh, motor vehicle conviction mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. but I have had one ticket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that one ticket came out of the interview that I had for the examiner position. I come out of the interview, and on the windshield of my car is a $2 parking ticket. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, so from from there... But they hired you anyway. They hired me anyway, and um, it it really was just... I just felt comfortable doing the job. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people think of that role of an examiner as being, you know, white-knuckled, if you will. Right, sure. Where's this new driver going to take me to now? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and for me, and that communications part of me that I so love, mm-hmm. um, I quickly realized that you often can make or break that test right at the door when you say hello. Mm, making them feel comfortable so they're relaxed and they're Absolutely. able to perform at their best. Absolutely. And I found with time, and obviously you hone your skills mm-hmm. with time and, uh, you know, saying saying things right at the outset, I want you to do well today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the look that would come on people's faces. You right, know? as opposed to that stereotype of, you know, <clears throat> you know, you it's your, your job to convince me or I'm here to fail you unless mm-hmm. you are perfect. Absolutely. And so I did that for about five years mm-hmm. out of our Portland office. And, and uh, one of the things being out of that office, uh, there was a level of diversity of our population mm-hmm. out of that Portland office. Uh, and it, it just, it, it enlightened me to talk with folks. And, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and mm-hmm. backgrounds mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made me a better examiner. Mm-hmm. So out of that, uh, for five years, uh, there was a vacancy in our, our uh, central location in Augusta, the state's yep. capital, and uh, continued for a couple of years. And then, lo and behold, the job of uh, the CDL supervisor for the state mm. came about. And... Uh, that propelled me into ultimately 
what has been a, a lifetime of work in that commercial vehicle yeah. industry. Right. For, you know, so that's probably, if I follow your timeline there, that's we're now talking late 90s, around 2000-ish. That's correct. Right? And so here we are, you know, 23 years later, mm -hmm. um, been focused in that, but not didn't focus exclusively in the commercial work, still, you know, working on the overall examiner work as well, yes? Yeah, you know, and if you, gosh, you know, CDL started literally when I came on. In, in 1989, yeah, you right. know, yep. the whole act sure. of itself. So I was in on the ground floor. Yes, yes. And again, timing in life, you know, everything. Uh, so I had the opportunity mm -hmm. to kind of help to implement our program in Maine. Implementing the CDL program. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, out of that came a relationship with AMVA. So let's talk about that. Where? When's the first time the, the name AMVA crosses your radar? Yeah, so... Uh, I've been so fortunate that the main leadership team has been a staunch supporter mm -hmm. of AMVA. Yeah. And we're led by Kathy Curtis. Yeah, yeah. And we all know Kathy's uh, involvement, not only with AMVA, but because she worked also for you. Yes. Uh, she's been a true champion of the AMVA work. Of course. And as part of that, always encouraged her staff to mm -hmm. be involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were very early on involved in the test maintenance subcommittee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had representation on that. And out of that representation then came the reach out, if you will, to myself. Right. To be more directly involved. Exactly. Yeah. And so how did that change? How did your direct involvement on, say, test maintenance subcommittee that you eventually went on to be the chair of for a number of years, mm -hmm. Uh, how did that change how you chose to do the job in Maine? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a great question. Uh, being involved on that subcommittee, it gives you the insights into the challenges of all the other jurisdictions. Mm. And <clears throat> you also get a chance to kind of say, hmm, they're doing this. Maybe we could do mm, that, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can learn from others and you know you can take those things back home and come off as a genius <laughs> <laughs> look what i came so up look with. what i yeah. have you know and uh i was able to parlay that experience i think for the betterment mm -hmm. of our program uh we're a small state right yeah. maine 1.3 million people uh you know we do uh our field staff is only 25 mm. You know, uh, we do 50,000 total tests a year. So that's quite a few, you know, mm -hmm. for 25 for that, folks. Yeah. So you do look for efficiencies, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. when you're working with uh, the subcommittee and sure. whatever. And uh, I think we've done a pretty good job with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I just enjoy this work. You know, how great what, that is. Yeah, but well, why? What, what is it? What is it about it? You know, you started this story with, you know, a call came out of the blue, completely different industry, completely left field, and it struck a chord where you, you said it, it just felt right. It just felt comfortable. And now as you look back at it, I'm sure now with that retrospection, you could start to figure out what is it about this work that has spoken to me so deeply for so long? The role of transportation in people's lives is critical. Yeah. Right. And um, having that ability to say, you passed, mm. can change a life. Mm. And I think 
for most folks, when they think of driver license examiners, they think of that, obviously, that teenager who gets their driver's license, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't necessarily think of it that way. Mm -hmm. And some of my most memorable moments have actually been with older folks. Mm. And maybe they're back in the testing process for a number of reasons, maybe medically or whatever. And um, as an example of that, uh, less than two months ago, uh, we recently revised our medical rulemaking mm -hmm. as it pertains to driving, and we allowed for an exception related to visual conditions if you met certain criteria. Mm -hmm. So a woman, 64 years old, a nurse who had lost her ability to drive because of this visual issue that she had, mm -hmm. now was able to go through an exceptional case review. Mm -hmm. She had to do it at night. Mm. And because our rules had just changed, I thought it would be pretty good of myself as the chief probably to go out and do that first test mm. to get a sense of what this was going to be like for staff mm. as we move forward. So out of that experience and upon seeing me, you know, it's 8 o'clock at night mm -hmm. in the parking lot, mm -hmm. Portland branch office, uh, the the lady comes to me and says, wow, you, you don't know how nervous I am about this. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, I want you to succeed tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And where I'm driving with this story is at the very end, and she was very competent. Mm -hmm. And as part of the test, she said, you know, in the last four or five years since I wasn't able to drive, I've had to bicycle everywhere. And I've nearly been struck and killed twice sure. on my bicycle. It just resonated with me. And at the conclusion of the test, I just looked at her. I said, I would drive to Boston with you tonight. <laughs> You've passed. And she said to me, and I'll never forget it, you have changed my life. Wow. That's yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah. To have the ability to do that, you know, for someone. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it it's it's a test that I will never forget. Yeah, sure. I am sure, though. On the other hand, there are some tests that don't end as happily. <laughs> that is the case. That is the case. Because at the end of the day, that's, you know, the, the job is to make sure people are ready to do this. You want them to be ready. That's you correct. You want to be able to say yes. But th the important part of the job is knowing when we have to say no. It is. And imagine going and you're trained. And we have a 10-week training program for our staff. <clears throat> and there's obviously mentoring that goes along with that training. But imagine your first test, and this happened to me. You approach the vehicle, and you're a little bit antsy, you know? This is your first time out, mm -hmm. whatever. And you do your circle check of the vehicle, making sure it's, you know, in workable condition. Mm -hmm. And you go to enter the vehicle, 
and the door handle falls out into your hand. <laughs> that was the start. It's, it's, I think law enforcement folks would call that a clue in the business. <laughs> that was my first cast right there. And obviously, yeah. it ended uh, very quickly because yeah. we couldn't go out onto the road. But... Uh, yeah, there have been some times when uh, accidents have occurred, a mm-hmm. couple of times ending up in the hospital, you know, collision-wise. Oh, yeah? For, for you having to be... Absolutely, absolutely. One of the, one of the worst is, uh, well, Route 1, which goes from Maine sure, to... all the way know, down. Yep. All the way down. Uh, we were traveling on Route 1, and um, we had stopped to make a left turn, uh, individual had their signal on and we were run into this was a 35 mile an hour speed limit area and we were literally rear-ended mm. so so it wasn't even the applicant's fault in this correct case. correct and you know i think that's another part of the job people generally think ah oh, it's the applicant's yeah, fault yeah and my two most severe collisions have not been that way oh interesting it is it is. Uh, but out of that, again, you know, you, you, you learn from that too, right? I mean, you try to be aware of everything going on around sure. you. Uh, but no different than all of us, sometimes, you know, we get a little lax, yeah. you know? And you've got to be aware of that. Yeah. Um, so, again, for me, uh, part of my career journey has been training of staff. Yes, and so you can relay those experiences and, and talk about everything from positioning in the vehicle so mm-hmm. that you have the best view possible, mm. you know, and things to anticipate a little bit. Right. So that you could help these newer drivers who may not know, oh, I'm going to look in the rearview mirror and something's coming at me quicker than it should be. Maybe I need to adjust. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, let's face it. Yes, it is a test. But you want, it's a learning experience mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's nothing like giving a test to someone who doesn't make it. They come back. Yeah. And they say, I am so happy you're here. <laughs> and you have that opportunity, whether it might be the second, maybe the third you're, time, yeah, right? Yeah, but ultimately, you're. Today, yeah. Ian, you're successful. Yeah, You've yeah, passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's remarkable. And then to end up seeing those folks maybe in a store. Yeah. And that well, happens. Especially in a place like Maine where, Absolutely. you know, you're, you're going to run into these people. You are. You are. <laughs> so, you know, people know what you do. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's just been great. Yeah. So the, this honor yeah. um, is, is, again, really through great great mentors that I've had in life. Um, I'm going to, you know, uh, coming up here when the award is presented, I'm going to talk about that. Wonderful. And, you know, and uh, even yourself with meetings that I've attended and just watch how you deliver the message, you know, the tone of voice, uh, body positioning, if you will. Those are all things that I've learned from over the years with folks. So I'm, I'm yeah. deeply grateful. That's, that's, that's wonderful. 
Um, we're grateful, particularly not only for what you've done in Maine, but for your involvement with AMVA. And I want to come back to that just a little bit more because during your time uh, on TMS, it was it was not a snoozing time. It, it was, I mean, there were some significant CDL-related issues that were tackled, um, and a very big key initiative that was launched, but you know, before you you rotated off, and has now come to fruition in this test modernization uh, effort. Um, as you reflect on on that, tell me what what you take away from some of those uh, experiences and projects. Well, I think this is number one. It's a great opportunity for all jurisdictions to reevaluate their testing program. And I think what we've developed is a good alternative that doesn't lessen safety standards. Right. We never want to go backwards. Of course. Right. But I think also we have to look at a testing program that is as efficient as possible, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this modernized CDL skill and road test meets that. And I'm hoping that, again, it takes a while for jurisdictions to make transitions. We're in that process. Yeah, and, you know, it's optimistic. I don't know if you've heard this statistic lately, but we believe 40 states are going to transition by the end of 2024. You know, that's that's incredible because, again, we started this effort, as you know, uh, several years ago. You know, it takes a lot of pilot testing. You yep. know, what you're doing, is it going to work? And uh, we've come up with a smaller footprint, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, I would have loved to have even seen a little smaller footprint, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but we do what we can do. <laughs> exactly. We do what we can do, and I think that's an important piece, too. And especially even, I think, for you and your role as we move forward is that the program can't be stagnant. In, in what it's doing. That's right. There are new vehicle technologies always coming out, uh, and we need to stay abreast of that and on top of that. And yeah, that may mean additional modernization as we go along. Right. It's not unlike the conversation that the community is having around system modernization, that it should no longer be a you know, a project with a start, middle, and a finish. It's got to be a constant, continuous improvement. Um, and you have to bring that perspective here, like you say, because the technology is changing too fast. By the time you put something in print, it's out of date. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's like hardware, computer yeah. hardware, yeah. all of that. I mean, we're dealing with electric school buses yeah. today, right? Yeah. Wow, who would have ever thought, you know? But Have you done any of those exams on some of the, uh, have you seen those technologies really coming in for a We've seen the vehicles. We haven't seen them deployed, if you will, uh, yet for ourselves. Uh, Here's a plug. Uh, Anva just came out with a couple of uh, learning modules on uh, new vehicle technologies and and to make examiners throughout the country more aware yes. of those systems. That is great. I love it when a guest is plugging the Anva stuff, and I don't even <laughs> have to do it. This is fantastic. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I love the thought that we are th- hopefully thinking ahead, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I think Anva's done a great job relative to this, and obviously I'm very proud in the testing area with yeah. what we've done. And what you've done in Maine, you know, it sounds like there's also been a, a big focus on you being able to train the next generation of examiners in Maine. Uh, and tell me, you know, why that has been so important to you and how you feel that legacy is a strong word, but 
allowing to leave your, your mm-hmm. thumb. Not that you're retiring. This Lifetime Achievement <laughs> Award is not a retirement <laughs> certificate. You know, however, you know, the, the realities of, of time and life, yeah. Well, as, as you and Anne discussed in your AnvaCast of just a few yeah, weeks ago, yeah. which was probably my favorite oh. AnvaCast of all. And I do listen on a regular basis, <laughs> and I've learned so much. Yeah, because your guests are so varied, and uh, it's been great. But it's it's um, interesting lifetime achievement. You almost want to say, "Am I really that old? <laughs> <laughs> really, am I really that old? Qualify for this?" But yeah, no. Uh, out of that AnvaCast. I thought Anne said some things that it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. There is a time that mm-hmm. that new generation of leadership to step forward. Mm-hmm. And you you know, you, you get that sense. And I don't think that's a negative. I, I think that's a positive, you know, to to look at it that way. And uh, yeah, there will come that time. I'm wondering maybe if you give up this role. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe this could be my new opportunity. <laughs> It'll be like when Jimmy Kimmel has guest hosts, you know, every every couple of weeks. And, uh, this week's guest host is. <laughs> but this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. So tell me, the last thing I want to ask about Larry, if you're willing to share it, what does Larry do when he's not examining drivers and working on saving lives in in Maine? Wow. Um, first of all. I have to say, I've been married 41 years. Congratulations. To my best friend. That's awesome. And that's, you know, and as you were talking about your family yesterday, uh, it resonated again with me. Uh, And, you know, when we do the Anvil work, we're away from home base. Yeah. Right? That's right. And things happen at home while you're away from home base. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless you have, you know, that strong family bond, Mm-hmm. Um, there's an emptiness, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been so fortunate that way. And, uh, you know, I've got two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, one's uh, an airline pilot that flies oh. international routes. Oh, wow. And uh, my youngest son is is involved now uh, with Cydalis. No kidding. And, uh, you know, all the transaction work. So, so he's working at the main bureau of motor vehicles there. and working on the Scylla side. Absolutely. Do we have him on a working group and, yet? And he, he is on a working oh, group. Excellent. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> you know, so uh, what I like to do is, uh, and I'm, I think I'm a people person, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I, I just, I like to talk to people, find out about them. I love to garden Oh, nice. Uh, I love to, you know, go boating mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and best of all, be with my uh, partner of 41 years. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, and the the older son who's a pilot, does that mean you get the family benefit <laughs> of uh, certain airline uh, uh, Yeah, there, there, there's a little of that. There's yeah. a little of that. Now, one quick story. Yeah. Uh, with, with the older son... Uh, there's nothing like going into an airplane no. with your 16-year-old who's gotten their license, you know, their, their first opportunity to kind of go up, you know. Yeah. And to go into that plane, and there's a process they go through, and, 
you're kind of holding on very tight. <laughs> and you hear them yell, you know, clear prop, which is part of this process, mm -hmm. you know. And and when you're going down that runway and, and leaving the ground and it's like, wow, mm -hmm. wow. Certainly there's an experience when you're uh, in the vehicle with them, right? Sure. When they drive. Sure. But multiply that by... I can only imagine. You yeah, know. Lifting off the ground. Exactly. And... Uh, Especially in those smaller planes where you really feel it in a, in a very different way. Absolutely. And uh, to be able to come down and think, wow, he was able he to do it. Yeah. He was able to do it. And then, you know, today... It just so happens this week he was flying from New York to London with folks and, mm -hmm. you know, three, four hundred people, oh, yeah. you know, on the plane. Yeah. And it's like, wow. That's cool. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's so, been a good life. So do you get to do some extra international travel since he's well, up he's, front, it, you know, leading the way? <laughs> that one thing I haven't yet been able, uh, he's on the 757 right mm -hmm. now. Uh, I haven't been able yet to match it up time-wise, uh, but our our hope is for the wife and I to, mm -hmm. uh, we enjoy Ireland, and we've been to Ireland, and, and when he takes one of those New York to Dublin flights, okay. and we're hoping to do that quite soon, actually. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing those stories and pictures. <laughs> well, Larry, thanks for chatting with me today. Again, congratulations on this extraordinarily well-deserved recognition. Um, it is a mark in time, but not an ending. We'll, we'll say it that way as you continue to do great stuff for Maine and for the entire AMVA community. Thank you, yeah. Ian. You have been, um, again, you have been a part of my life and as a mentor, and I'm deeply appreciative. That's very kind of you. Thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Until next week, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AMVACast. Hosted by Ian Grossman. Produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.